welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like capital ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It would mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy. If you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy, you can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. It was a musical hey. There was like 80% of those hey's were singing hey's. That was really good. Um, so uh, welcome to Breakfast with Champions, everyone. 
the millionaires. The what? Millionaires. millionaires. Okay. The millionaire. Oh, so that's millionaire apostrophe S. The millionaires place to be. Right? That's in the theme of the uh, of the Breakfast with Champions. Breakfast with Champions. Breakfast with what? Champions. Champions. Okay, think about this. Champions. Champions. Not not even just winners. Right? Like champions. These are people who win like the big hoopla, the big the big championship. Right? So you're at the right place at the right time right now. This room happens 5 a.m., 11 a.m., like pretty much every day of the week, a little bit later on Saturdays. But again, I always say this, the worst thing you could ever do is not show up on a frequent enough basis to get the impact, to get the what? The impact. Impact. That's why we're all here, guys. That's why we're all here. For the impact, right? So, um, I want to share why yesterday I interviewed Michael Gerber. I'm going to see if I can get a uh, a link up here. So I I have some. Uh, let me see if I can get this lead abundance. We're running it. Isn't it hard to type type and talk at the same time? It's like our brains just don't work that way. Typing and talking. I feel you, brother. I'm giving you some space to type and type and type and type <laughs> and enter. <laughs> Very good. It's all Very- you. Um, so, so we're running something that's called the lead abundance challenge. And I just got someone very special confirmed for that event, uh, by the name of James clear. And he is the number one New York times bestselling author right now, uh, for the book atomic habits. Has anyone ever heard of the book atomic habits? Ooh. Oh my God. Yeah. In my hand. Oh, really? In your hand? Okay. The, for the person who has it in your hand, what was your biggest takeaway from the book, Atomic Habits? I just that it's, uh, it's all about that the two most common cues for yourself in terms of behavior change are your time and your location. And I realized that I was trying to stack habits in a way that didn't work because of how my schedule uh, ran in my life. So that for me, that was for me, right? that why I was having um, inconsistent habitual success in my own life. Interesting. Anyone else read the book and have a big impact when you read it? And I'm not done reading it. So the book Atomic Habits, the reason why this is really important, we're running this, this event called the Lead Abundance Challenge. Uh, in about a month is um, uh, the reason why we, we got James Clear, the author of that book, at this event is because we teach a lot of stuff. I just held an event with 500 lawyers for three days, um, you know, last week in Florida, and it was unbelievable. And we gave all this amazing content and inspired hundreds of people, and it was awesome. And then I'm talking to someone after the event ends and they're like, how am I going to implement everything that I learned? Say yes. If you ever felt like when you did an educational event, you're like, how am I going to implement all this? Yes. 
Yes. Yes. Right. Absolutely. So like we all go through this and we're all here at breakfast with champions right now because we are invested in personal development. True or false? True. True. Right. True. So it's really important to learn the skill. Again, I'm, this is a, I'm using a strategic word choice here. The skill of not feeling overwhelmed, right? So overwhelm in an information economy is like a given, right? Overwhelm is what everyone complains about, but very few people actually build skills around how to combat overwhelm. And when I read the book, Atomic Habits, it had such a big impact on me because it showed me that um, it's not about this big sweeping change in your life, right? Atomic Habits essentially means tiny, tiny changes to your habits that produce huge results. So instead of thinking, I'm going to turn around my entire life tomorrow and become this you know, this celebrity fitness model and turn around my entire health and become this whole new person overnight and set these unreasonably high expectations on yourself. The book Atomic Habits teaches us to break it down to what, what recurring, simple, easy step can I do right now or today on a recurring basis that can get me to that big that big future picture in my head, that big future goal I have in my head, right? So we decided to pull in James because we thought, we thought that that would be valuable so that we could actually implement the information. Now, yesterday I interviewed Michael Gerber, the author of arguably the number one entrepreneurship book ever written, uh, The E-Myth. So I interviewed him yesterday. We're becoming friends. He, he uh, emailed me three times this morning. He is the highest energy human being I've ever met in my entire life. I, 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 can't, I can't even describe. The guy's 85 years old and couldn't contain himself yesterday when I was interviewing him. So uh, Michael Gerber also will be at the Lead Abundance Challenge. Uh, and we have someone whose name I can't mention yet, but when I name the person's name, every single person on this stage and in the audience will know who they are. One of the top 10 content marketers in the entire world. Um, so uh, I just bring that up because it's gonna tie into some of the stuff we're gonna talk about today together. Okay, so most businesses are run like this. I'm gonna summarize some of the lessons I learned from interviewing Michael Gerber yesterday. He said, most business owners are 70% technician, 20% manager, and 10% entrepreneur. I'll say that one more time. Most business owners are 70% technician, 20% manager, and 10% entrepreneur. So I have a question, are most business owners successful? Meaning, and the definition of success here is they reached all of their goals in the time that they expected to. So I'm gonna ask the question again and just say yes or no. 
Are most business owners successful? Yes or no? No. Come on, let's get a little bit more answers no. out there. No. 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 Okay. No. So if most business owners don't reach their goals in the time that they expected to, right? Could it be because of this equation? Could it be because 70% of their time is spent being a technician, 20% of their time is spent being a manager, and 10% of their time is spent being what they lie to themselves saying they really are? I'm an entrepreneur. No, you're not. You're a technician. Yes. Right? So, so think about that. The most successful business owners are actually the opposite of that. They are much higher on the spectrum of entrepreneur and spend very little time doing the technician work. Right? What that means is we focus a lot more time on big picture. We focus a lot less time on little picture stuff. We work on our business, not in our business. What does that mean? Working on your business means that instead of you doing one thing, you do things that have an impact on many one things. Does that make any sense? I'll say it again. Instead of doing one thing, you do things that have an impact on many one things. Yes, makes sense. Yep, makes a lot of sense. I can totally dig that, bro. Loving it. Thank you. Give yourself a round of applause for being here today. Let's go. Come on, on Okay, thank you. So, instead of doing one thing, we focus on high-impact activities that have that have impact that that will impact multiple one things. That is the definition of working on the business on any area of your life, right? So for example, you can apply working on stuff to your health. You can apply working on stuff to your relationships, to your business, to your finances. Uh, last week, I, I interviewed Brian Tracy again at our event um, in Florida. And Brian Tracy, uh, he always talks about this concept called the 2080 rule. Not 80 20, the 20 80 rule. It's a time-based equation. The 20% of time that you spend preparing for something will impact the results 80% greater. What that basically means is if you were to do, for example, like a public, uh, like a, like a speech or a presentation, you can just go up and wing it and that go up on stage and wing it. And that speech will be 80% less effective than someone who spends 20% of their time for that overall event preparing. When I asked Brian Tracy a few weeks ago, what is the separator between winners and losers? 
he goes, well, Bill, the winners, they prepare. It was like it was already in his head before I even asked him the question. He was like, they prepare. They are always prepared. They prepare so much in private that in public, it seems natural. In public, it seems like, you know, they didn't prepare. That's what preparation does. And that's the challenge. Preparation causes people, right? Because you don't see people prepare. You see the end result. This is why the whole social media society we live in right now is a problem. Because you don't see all the preparation. You just see the end result. And then you, you convince yourself in your head that, Oh, I'm not like that person. I'm not as good at speaking as, as that person. That's not, that's not for me. No, it is for you if you want it to be for you and you prepare, right? So the 2080 rule means that we have to spend that 20% of time before we do something important in our lives, right? To work on that task rather than in that task. So I'll give you another example. Ever, anyone ever hear take a 30,000 foot view of your business or a 10,000 foot view unmute and say, yes, you ever heard that before? Yes. I heard that. From yes. 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 I have. Yes. 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 I have. We can make a song out of that. Already. You guys never hear me beatbox. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I have. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, That's pretty good. Yes. 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 Man, that's good. That's real good right there. So the 30,000 foot view, why did people start saying this? Well, it's a, it's an analogy for what working on your business is or on your life, right? You can look at one tree. You can look at a patch of trees, right? You can look at a forest, which would require you to get a 10,000 foot view, or you can get a 30,000 foot view and you can look at a multitude of forests, right? So there's four levels of business that often people forget. There's a job, that's what 95% of people have is a job. Probably higher than 95%. So there's a job, a practice, a business, and an enterprise. A job, a practice, a business, an enterprise. Job, practice, business, enterprise. Job, practice, business, enterprise. Job, practice, business, enterprise. Okay. A job is you doing the stuff. That's what most people are trapped in is doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. A practice, okay, a practice is other people doing the stuff. A business is a group of practices. And an enterprise is a group of businesses.
A job is you doing the stuff. A practice is a group of people doing the stuff. A business is a group of practices. And an enterprise is a group of businesses. So the real, the real kind of thinking exercise for everyone who has entrepreneurial aspirations is how would I go from one to a thousand team members? How would I have a thousand employees? How would I have a thousand team members? Like that's how nature is designed. It's designed for, for things that are working to expand and grow because they're alive and things that are not working to not grow and therefore to go towards death. Right. So like I'm, I'm talking about biology, right? Just from pure biology, right? Growth. I, I always come from the frame of growth is a minimum requirement. Growth is not, you don't even deserve a pat on the back for doubling your business in a year. That that's, that's nature. That's like, Oh, that's like thanking someone for drinking their minimum requirement of water. Like we really need to speed this up guys. Like whatever, whatever you're doing right now, I was talking to this guy who, who wants to start his own fitness training business. And he said he wanted me to mentor him. And I was like, dude, I can't mentor you if you're not decided on where you're going. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. He was like, what do you mean? I was like, when you just told me your goal, you said you would like to do X by like seven years or something. I was like, I, when, when you're decided, I'll know and I'll mentor you, but you're not decided right now. Right? Decided is I'm making X by X day. It's happening. Let's go. Right? So most people are goal interested, not goal committed. So why doesn't goal setting work is what I'm going to go into in just a few minutes. But I want to finish off this topic of working on your life, on your business, because it's so vitally important. So when you're designing your life and your business, there's four steps that you're following. Step one is design. Step two is build. Step three is launch. Step four is grow. Design, build, launch, grow. You can apply this to any area of your life. Design, build, launch, grow. Design, build, launch, grow. Nowhere in there does it say do. Nowhere in that, those four steps does it say you actually do it. 
Okay, all of the most successful people in the world who have written books talk about this. Ray Dalio in his book Principles talks about designing precedes doing. Like you can see these principles across everywhere. The most successful people, they 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 spend more time designing. Now here's the thing, you become a better designer through massive action. That's the big myth with finding your purpose, right? The big myth with finding your purpose is that you're going to find it. You're not going to find your purpose. You're going to take a, a ton of action and you're in the, and you're going to learn through feedback, the things that you enjoyed doing and that got you a really good result. So the people who find their purpose, quote unquote, are the people who tried a lot of crap. Most of it didn't work, but they kept moving. They kept what? Go ahead in three, two, one. Moving. 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 So, so like sometimes we don't need, like we don't need some perfect strategy or some perfect plan. Like we just need someone to like, if we need to work out, for example, we're not working out. We need literally someone to just run behind us and go run. Go. <laughs> I learned that from Tony Robbins. We just need someone to go right behind us and scream because action will help you discover your purpose better than anything else. And it makes you a better designer. It makes you better at choosing what needs to be done. So design, build, launch, grow, design, build, launch, grow, right? So there's a, there's a couple of elements here, right? When Ray Kroc started McDonald's, he built what's called a franchise prototype. A franchise prototype is a business that is run like a franchise. If you study like Shake Shack, for example, Shake Shack took years and years and years and years and years to build their first franchise prototype before they expanded nationally and internationally. They dialed in the system so that they could cut and paste Shake Shacks all across the United States and, and internationally. That's called a franchise prototype. It's a prototype. It's, it's, it's a template that can be cut and pasted it's a template that can be cut and pasted okay, into other verticals, other areas, et cetera, right? That is what business owners should be thinking about because the fatal assumption is that if I'm good at what I do, I can start a business on it. The fatal assumption is if I'm good at my craft, I'll be good at running a business that has to do with my craft. That is the fatal assumption. 
why do most of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world have dyslexia, ADHD, like learning disabilities? Uh, well, it's because it's actually good that you have a learning disability because it forces you to delegate. It forces you to build a team. It forces you to not do everything yourself. So I'm going to ask everyone to please lower your IQ. <laughs> Go sell some of your IQ points to someone else because you don't have to be smart to reach your goals. You, you do have to know how to build a team around it. You do have to know how to inspire others around it. But you definitely don't need to be smart. The smarter you are, the harder it's going to be for you to scale a business. Because you're going to step on everyone's toes. You're going to not let other people shine. You're not going to let other people take over roles and responsibilities in your life. You're going to micromanage. You're going to always need to be the person with the last word. So we have the best entrepreneurs in the world focus on the dream, the vision, the purpose, the mission, the dream, the vision, the purpose, the mission. Again, nowhere in there, nowhere in there does it say doing. So the, the, the entrepreneur, if we want to spend more time in that 10%, most business owners spend 10% of their time in the entrepreneur category and 70% of their time in the technician category. Well, if we want to switch that around, we have to spend all of our time on the dream, the vision, the purpose, the mission, the dream, the vision, the purpose, the mission, the dream, the vision, the purpose, the mission, the dream comes from the dreamer within you. The vision comes from the thinker within you. The purpose comes from the storyteller within you and the mission comes from the leader within you. The dream comes from the dreamer within you. The vision comes from the thinker within you. The purpose comes from the storyteller within you. The mission comes from the leader within you. That's where entrepreneurs spend their time the dream, the vision, the purpose, the mission. So again, we, but we have these four categories, which I, which I basically hit on, uh, at the beginning, the job, the practice, the business, the enterprise, the job is your client fulfillment system. Think about it. If you're a dentist, the job is fixing people's teeth. The job is the doing of the task that you get the money for. Now there's two levels of the job. There's working in the job versus on the job. Working in the job is you're the person fixing the people's teeth. Working on the job is you design the system. You design the system. You design the what? Go ahead in three, two, one.
system. 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 You design the system behind how people's teeth are cleaned and fixed. That's level one. That is a job. The practice. So that's that's called your client fulfillment or customer fulfillment system. Fulfillment system. The business is comprised of two systems. How many systems? Two. Two. Okay. Your client fulfillment system is one. So that include that's included in job. And then the second is your client acquisition system. So there's two systems within a business, your client acquisition system and your client fulfillment system. There are two levels to each of these. There's working on your client acquisition system or in your client acquisition system. There's working on your client fulfillment system. There's working in your client fulfillment system. Is this making any sense at all? Can I get a yes if this is making sense? Yes. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So working on the client acquisition system versus versus in it. Now we pass through these like levels in a video game. Do we start a business working in it or on it? What do you think? In it. In it. Honest. Yep. That, and and then you collect some money after having worked in it and you reinvest that money to hire people so that they can work in it and then you can work on that function. This is the reinvestment process, how you scale a business, right? The second phase, same thing, client acquisition system, right? You work in it at first, you're the person that sales depend on, right? Then you start working on it. What are our sales systems? What are our salespeople recruiting process? What are our sales accountability processes? What's our sales management process, et cetera? Is it hey, Bill, perfect? it's Tamara. Can I ask a question? Yeah. So my initial reaction was on it based on the premise of in order to be a business um, leader and an entrepreneur, you have to dream and visualize it first before you start designing it, which I think a lot of people think a good idea design and then they're actually working in it too fast versus dreaming and, and creating that vision associated to what they're actually building. So wouldn't it be on it, then we switch in it, and then we go on it again? Yeah, I, I think that's a really great point. Um, you know, I think everyone's different, right? I mean, I think, uh, I think most people do technically, based on how you explained it, work on it first. They come up with the vision right, of what they're going to do. And I would say most people get busy, get scared, and then they, they never work on it ever again. And they just totally. stay small. Totally. Right. So so that's that's the that's the uncomfortable thing. And I learned this from uh, when I talked with Dan Locke before he said the, the hardest thing about business is that um, the things that you survived on, you have to let go of. Think about this. This is why the best people in business are self-development machines. Like, think about that. The human brain is wired for survival. 
you get in the business, you start doing things that are, that make you successful, that make you survive. And then you immediately have to give them up. That's like learning how to eat food as a child and then deciding, yep, I'm not gonna eat food anymore. It's insane. That's, that's how the body actually receives you giving up stuff in your life. You're alive right now. Therefore, everything you've done up to this point caused you to be alive right now. So there is in, an implicit bias in your brain that all the stuff I did up to this point allowed me to survive. Therefore, I shouldn't change. I shouldn't what? Change. Come on, you change. got the weight. I shouldn't what? Change. Change. Right? So we're literally fighting against, we are fighting against our entire self-protection system in our brain. When we give up things that we once did that worked, right? The dream, the vision, the purpose, the mission, right? So how do you do it? How do you actually let go of all of the day-to-day -day activities in your life. It's, it's, it's easier said than done, right? But it when when I believe that when your commitments exceed your fears, when your commitments exceed your fears, you have no choice. You have no choice but to give it up. So your commitments, there's five supporting factors to commitments that make them actually work. I shared some of this last week. So I'm going to explain the five reasons that goal setting doesn't work. Because we all have the goal of doing whatever it is, of, of losing the weight, of getting the money in check, of growing the business, etc. Why don't we actually reach the goal? Well, I want you to picture a house right now. And I shared a little bit of this last week. But I'm going to share it again because I got messages that people got impact from this. Let's say you're, I want you to, everyone visualize this real quick. Visualize your business or your life, okay, is, I want you to picture a, like a, like a, a house. Like you drew the picture of a house in a notebook, right? So you draw a square and you draw a roof on top of the square. And in that roof, you put your name, your business name, whatever it is, right? Now, a lot of us, we want to take our life to the next level. So I'm going to use temperature as an example. We just held an event last week, uh, like I told you guys, um, and it was called the Fire Up Your Firm event, right? And the reason we named it that is because we use temperature as an analogy for you to fire up your life. How many of you want to fire up your life? Unmute right now in three, two, one, and say yes if you want to fire up your life. Three, two, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. We got to become temperature maniacs. Yeah. We got to become like maniacally obsessed with what's the temperature in my life right now? Like I want every minute of every day for you to be 90 degrees. Like hot on fire how many of you want that say yes 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 yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Okay. well 
That's just the goal. Okay? The goal is I want to heat up the house to 90 degrees. Okay? Goal setting doesn't work. Okay? Goal setting doesn't work because we've all written down a goal before and we know this is true. So we have to learn what's called habit setting, belief setting, right? We have to learn why setting. I'll explain all of them. So in this house, right, we have first to heat up the house to 90 degrees, to heat up your life to 90 degrees, we have a fuel tank, okay? We, we need fuel for the heating system. Next, we need a heating system, okay? We need the ducts through the house or whatever, the centralized heating system. We need a thermostat. We need to spend money on our heating bill and the 90 degree heat up goal has to be real to us. So I'll explain each element of this, okay? So the goal is, I wanna heat up my life to 90 degrees. Again, goal setting doesn't work. It does work if you combine in these five factors. Number one, we need fuel for the heating system, for the heating tank, quote unquote. So I want you to picture, picture a gasoline tank outside of this house, right? That fuel is your why. Your why. That fuel is your what? Go ahead in three, two, one. Why? Your why. Okay, the fuel is your why. You can have the best goal in the world, but if it doesn't align with your why, eventually you're gonna go back to wherever your why is. That's why Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, was still one of the, I think it's still one of the top best-selling books ever written on, in a business context around this, around purpose. Because we can have a goal, but if it doesn't relate to our why, eventually we're gonna scrap the goal. So he created what's called the golden circle, which is basically a circle in the middle of the circle has the word why, right? Then it has the how, then it has the what. Most people start with what, not why. Most people start with what I do is X, and then they justify their why reactively. I'm an attorney. I'm a podcaster. I'm a a business owner, I'm a runner, I'm a fitness coach, whatever. I'm a X. And then they try and manipulate the market reactively, trying to show externally why I'm an X person, why I'm a fitness coach or whatever. The most successful people in the world start with why. What's my purpose? Why am I here? And they choose their what after they've started with why. That's the fuel in the tank for your heating system. So the next step is your heating system itself. So we want to heat up the house to 90 degrees, but the heating system, we can have all the fuel in the tank. We could be clear on the goal. But then our heating system's broken. Your heating system is your habits. Think about it. A heating system in a house is all these little 
all these pipes and uh, all the stuff that goes to the house. It's the system through which the heat travels. This is your habit stack, your keystone habits. Charles Duhigg wrote a book on this, right? So he says, cue, routine, reward. You can reactively redesign your habits or you can proactively design your habits. Reactively, proactively. Reactively is, gosh, I keep crashing at 2 p.m. every day. What can I do to change it? Uh, well, it seems like when 2 p.m. hits right now, so the cue, cue routine reward in this book, Power of Habit, the cue is I start feeling tired at 2 p.m. The routine is I pull out my phone and I consume social media mindlessly or I check my email because it doesn't require critical thinking, right? And the reward is I feel less cognitive stress, right? So I get a, a slight feeling of relaxation from mindlessly checking my email or social media. I get dopamine. Essentially, all rewards, 50 to, to 90% of rewards come down to just a dopamine release of sorts. So you can reactively redesign your habits by saying, okay, next time 2 p.m. hits and I get tired, I'm not going to pull up the phone. I'm going to replace that habit with a 10 minute meditation. I'm gonna replace that habit with a 10 minute walk outside. That's reactive habit design. The most, nobody writes about the proactive habit design, by the way, but I discovered it's more important, dramatically more important. Think to yourself, what can I do to prevent the need for a break in the first place at 2 p.m.? Okay, well I can set it up so that I work in scheduled 50 minute uh, chunks of time throughout my day. I take, I take 10 minute breaks after every 50 minute work chunk. Therefore, I don't need a 2 p.m. break. I don't, even, I, I don't even get tired anymore, right? This is why, like I, I just redesigned a lot of my diet. I am telling you, it, it has had the biggest impact on my life. Like I, I went through like four different meal prep companies I, I now have a diet coach. I have to send screenshots of every food that I ate every single day to. And, and through this feedback process, I meet with them once a week. We have an hour consultation. I go through how did the foods I ate make me feel? What energy did I feel? Literally after three years plus of testing out different foods, right now I feel like I, I figured out my body system. Everyone needs to go through that process for themselves. That is a proactive form of habit design. Proactively saying, what foods do I need to eat in order to have sustained energy throughout the day? What breaks do I need to take in order to have sustained energy throughout the day? This is why personal development and reading and constantly learning new methods is so important in any area of your life because you're allowed to proactively test new things out, right? How much water should you drink per day in order to feel dialed in? You should know that for yourself. Everyone's different. How much protein is too much protein for you to where you start feeling tired because of how it's more, it's harder for your body to break down proteins. How much carbs do you need? Some people, you know, this is why the, the, the flash diets never work. 
everyone gives up on them because it's not respecting your body. I tried the low carb diets. I tried all these different diets. It didn't work for me. Some people it works great for, but we're all human beings and we have different, we have different germs in our gut, right? So it's always going to be something different than whatever the, the, the promised diet plan is always going to be different because you're a human being and you're unique. So your heating system is your habits, right? The weakest link, the weakest link of your habits will break the chain of success. The weakest link of your habits will break the chain of success. If you have a habit doing all this stuff for your health, right? But you have all these great habits, but then you have one weak habit, one weak habit where you binge drink three nights, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night throughout the week. I don't care how freaking good you are at your habit design, right? You could have one bad habit. That's why the weakest link of your success will be your worst habit. One bad habit can ruin 15 good ones. Just go binge drink for three nights in a row and tell me if it makes you feel like crap. Even if you're respecting your diet and your hydration and all these other things. So again, I'm using that as a visceral example that, 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 you know, makes sense to all of us, but you can apply this to any area of your life. Your heating system is your habit. So, okay, great. We have the goal. Warm up our house at 90 degrees. We need fuel in the tank. The fuel is our why. We need a heating system for that fuel to run through so that the heat can go through the house, right? That is your habits. Then we need a thermostat. The thermostat is the regulator of how much heat is released into the house. You could have the best heating system in the world. You could have the, all the fuel in the world, i.e. your why and your habits dialed in. But if your thermostat says, well, I'm a 65 degree person, this is a 65 degree house. That's who I am. You could have all this potential and never use it. Has anyone here ever gotten frustrated or saw someone or felt within yourself? Has anyone here ever felt that there's someone you know or yourself that's not reaching their full potential? Say yes in three, two, one. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Yes. Say, say it one more time. How many? How many of you know someone that did not reach their full potential in life, or is not right now? Yes. 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 Okay. Talking to myself. Why? Why is that? It's the thermostat. Now it could also be your habits. It could also be your why, but. The thermostat, when I interviewed Ed Milet the second time, he, 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 wouldn't, he wouldn't shut up about the thermostat analogy. And that's who I learned it from, was your beliefs same are your here, thermostat. Bro. When I interviewed him, same thing. He would not stop talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, 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 I just kept, I kept trying to ask him questions about other stuff. He was like, nope, man, it's the thermostat thing. I was like, what? I didn't know why he was so... I'm happy you you experienced that too, Glenn, because I thought I thought I just got him on a on a <laughs> on a day where he was hung up on some subject. No, bro, that's his 
That's that's that is his core ultimate belief and response to any struggle or obstruction. <laughs> like he's all about that thermostat. So yeah, I mean, so the the thermostat analogy is essentially that you will stop at whatever your internal thermostat is, right? Your thermostat in this analogy is is your belief system. Now, this is where people's eyes roll, right? They're like, oh, great, but you know, improve your beliefs. I heard that before. Great, great tip, Bill, right? Well, there's like literally, like psychologists do this for a living. They help people who have faulty belief patterns change their thinking patterns, change their belief patterns. How do you change belief patterns? It's very simple. Two words, quality questions. You change belief patterns through the use of quality questions. Now, is there a lot behind that? Yes, there is. Okay, there's, okay, are you self-aware enough to identify what your faulty thinking or belief patterns are? That requires a little bit of mindfulness. That requires a little bit of humility that requires getting out of your head and depersonalizing, de-attach, like, like, uh, what's the opposite of attaching? Um, detaching, right? Detaching from those thinking patterns that you're currently operating on. Like, I remember this for myself. Like, I, I thought at one point in my life, I was going to struggle with anxiety for the rest of my life. I thought, that's who I am. That's my thermostat. I'm going to just, this is just who I am. And it's a shame when I hear, when I hear this from people who are in like Alcoholics Anonymous, who where they're basically brainwashed to believing that you're going to be an alcoholic the rest of your life. Every successful person that I've met now, I'm sure there's others who still identify as alcoholics, right? The successful people I've, I've taken who have taken an addiction and turned it into fuel for their lives and their success, the people I've met all don't label themselves, pigeonhole themselves as alcoholics or as drug addicts anymore. They're done with that identity. They scrap that identity. Right? I hear this all the time. I mean, the words we use in our head are the supporters of our beliefs and the words we use out loud. Like I coach hundreds of law firm owners, like, are we, you know, with this last event we held, like we're, we're coming up on over 300 law firm owners as clients uh, at our company. And I see this in, and yeah, it's law firms, but it's the same for any, any industry. Okay, I talk to law firms and they go, well, I'm just a solo. Well, I just run a small firm. Well, I just have a five person team. Well, I just, I just blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm just this, I'm just that. They're literally all pigeonholing identity phrases that you can't do anything with. How is that gonna help you? Calling yourself a small business owner, what? Small? Is that what you signed up for? Is that why you're on this planet? Small? It could be. That's fine. Own it. 
at least consciously choose the phrase attached to that. But don't just accept whoever you grew up around and whoever implanted that belief into you. Don't just accept that as truth. Your thermostat is your belief system. How do you change your beliefs? Quality questions and self-awareness and mindfulness. The awareness of thought. The scariest beliefs are the ones we're not aware of yet. This is why pain is one of the greatest gifts. Because when you feel pain towards something, the thought is at least made aware. You're made aware of the thought that's causing that pain. You're made aware of the circumstance that's causing that pain. Pain is an advertising system for the beliefs that you need to improve. Can I get a yes if that makes sense? Yes. Yes, yes. it does. Pain is the best advertising system in the human body. Anything you feel pain around, anything you feel complacency around, anything you're like, no more, I'm fed up. That's your body advertising to you. That's a marketing message to you. So picture that as a Facebook ad in your with red text flashing, going alert, alert, bad belief, bad belief pattern, bad belief pattern, improve it, change it, quality question. How do you change your beliefs another way? Aside from quality questions and self-awareness, you change your beliefs by getting around people who have the beliefs you want. This is why I pay $600,000 a year for coaching is because I, I don't need the information. I just need to be hanging out with someone who has the beliefs I need to be infected with. Please infect me with your beliefs. It's the number one way, by the way, the quality question thing, scrap that. If there's one takeaway from all of this, it's adopt the beliefs of the people you want to become more like. Adopt the beliefs of the people that you want to become more like. That's the thermostat. So let's talk about this, right? We have not, the goal is to warm up the house to 90 degrees, okay? The fuel is our why. The fuel in the tank is the why. The heating system is our habits. The thermostat is our beliefs in the house that we're trying to heat up to 90 degrees. Then we got the money. We got the what? The money. 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 Money, 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 money. Yep. Money. The moolah, the cash, the why. Right? So money is just a sign of commitment. Cheddar. So you can have all this potential, all this why, gold to heat up the house to 90 degrees, all this potential, the whole system's in place, the thermostat's ready to go, but not willing to spend any money on my heating bill. <laughs> That's how most people live their lives, by the way. They go, I have all this potential, I could do this, I'm ready to go, but not ready to make the commitment. Not ready to, ready to spend the money on the heating bill. The last one is the conviction habit, which I'm gonna tie, tie all this together on. 
The conviction habit is the most important one. So the goal is to fire up your life, bring your life intensity to 90 degrees, right? Let's, let's take things to the next level. The conviction habit is how do you generate conviction? How do you generate, not have conviction, how do you generate conviction around the goal? Glenn Lundy has his morning five planner for that reason, right? Are you writing down the goal every single day? Are you reciting it out loud every single day? Do you have affirmation timers going off on your phone three times per day? The conviction habit is the set of, of habits and systems you have in place to advertise that goal to your, to your head, to yourself. So I want to heat up my life to 90 degrees. I want to take my life to the next level. The question is, what is that specific goal? How do you hammer it into your head through physical writing, through verbalization, and through affirmations? So I'll leave us with this last point, which is when I interviewed Brian Tracy last week, he, in front of 500 people last week, goes, and, you know, he's so, so simple. Uh, he goes, if there's one thing you can take away from the 5 million people he's spoken in front of, the 90 plus books he's written, he said this, write down your goals every single day. Don't look at what you wrote down the prior day. Do it right. Do it from your memory. Write them in the present tense. And do it again and again and again and again and again. And when failure pops up, pull out that notebook and write them down. What? Write them down. What? Write them down. What? Again, again, and again, and again, and again, and again, again, and again, and again. Adversity hits. What do I do? Write it down. Again, what? Again, 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 again. Okay, I don't feel like it. I write it down. What? Again and again. Again and again and again and again. And but I'm tired. Do I write it down later or again? Again. One more again. Okay. Again, again, again. Right. That's your conviction habit. So, uh, so uh, that that's all I got, guys. That's that's why goal setting doesn't work. It's not about the goal. It's about the conviction habit. It's about the why the fuel behind that goal. It's about the heating system or your habits behind the goal. It's about the thermostat, which is your belief system around the goal. And it's about the money that you actually spend, the commitment that you part ways with, the money you part ways with in order to make that goal come true. So my name is Bill Howes, everyone. This is the end of my segment. Sign up for the Lead Abundance Challenge. Uh, it's happening in a month. It'll be off the wall. Again, we have James Clear, author of Atomic Habits there. Uh, Michael Gerber, author of the book E-Myth, will be at that event. That's all I got, guys. Stay great. Talk to you soon. We love you. Powerful. Scared money don't make money. Scared money don't make money. Bill Hauser makes noise. Oh. No, no.
Can you guys hear me or am I cutting you down? We can hear you. We can hear you. Waiting for you to rap, man. Hello. Rap over Bill. Hello, hello. We can hear you, Glenn. Can you hear us? Man, I thought I, I thought you're gonna freestyle. I thought he was still going with scared money don't make no That's money. Yeah. Yeah, no, I said a bunch of stuff after that and y'all didn't respond to it. So I must have cut out there for a second. Oh no, we did we did respond, Glenn. We did respond. You didn't hear us respond. There it is. That's what I'm talking about. One more time for Bill Hauser. Make some noise. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.